Welcome to Rush Hockey Talk, brought to you by Rush Hockey, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Katorji, and this is our podcast series. This is definitely the place to be if you want to learn how to pave your way in the world of youth hockey. So get ready, because you're going to hear some amazing interviews with premier personalities, coaches, scouts, players, celebrities. We got them all. Rush Hockey for over 25 years, experts in evaluation, over 10,000 alumni. It's unmatched. It's Rush Hockey Talk, and it's here. Here we are again, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Rush Hockey Talk. It's Kelly Katorji from Rush Hockey, along with Josh Pyro. And we're coming to you from downtown Toronto. We got another expert on the line today in our series of experts helping parents maneuver through this crazy process called youth hockey. And the expert we have today is a guy that Josh is very familiar with from days in Elmira College, NCAA Division Three hockey. His name is Tim Crawley. Tim, thank you so much for helping us out. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm not sure if uh, expert is probably the correct way to describe me, but uh, you know, certainly uh, appreciate you guys having me on here, and hopefully you guys are trying to stay somewhat warm today. We're freezing our tails <laughs> off, but yeah. that's okay. Uh, we got nice coats, and you know, Josh is pretty good at uh, handling the weather, being a an ex player. So that's all good news. Now, Tim, quickly before I let uh, you and Josh banter for a bit, give us a little bit about your history. College at Brockport, I believe, as a player, and you coached men's and women's hockey. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, a little bit of a mixed background. So uh, I went to school at Brockport State, which is near Rochester, New York area. Played there for four years there in the SUNYAC Conference. So all state schools in New York, like Geneseo, the Plattsburghs, the Oswegos. And uh, as my senior year kind of came to a close, um, I wasn't really sure kind of what I wanted to do. To be honest with you, I, I had interviewed at a bank job and I was sitting there and, you know, this guy was going over Excel sheets and showing me stuff on a computer. And, and I was just sitting there and, and uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, I hate this. You know, I, I can't do this for a living. Like I can't kind of just sit sit in a chair and, and crunch numbers. So I, I went back to my coach the next day, um, kind of asked him, hey, you know, you've been around me for four years. And, and what do you think would I be good at? You know, what's your thoughts on? And he said, I think you'll be good at this. Let me call somebody that I know another coach and see if they're still looking for uh, a graduate assistant or, or assistant coach next year. So I was fortunate enough. He called funny enough, Aaron Saul, who I ended up working for a few years down the road, um, who was at Potsdam at that time and asked if he was still looking for assistant coach. And he said he was, and the next week I was driving down there and, and I sat through an interview and kind of, you know, loved it right away. I mean, essentially we were just talking hockey for six hours, um, you know, and it was something that I was obviously passionate about playing the sport for so long. Um, was fortunate enough once Aaron left for Elmira, which is alma mater that summer, uh, still was hired at Potsdam by Chris Bernard, who um, is from the same hometown as me. So I was there for three years. Very fortunate that Chris kind of brought me in right after graduating um, at Brockport and loved it there. I was 20 minutes from my parents' house, I was able to kind of almost go back home, um, if you could say. And then after my three years, um, Dean Jackson, who I think you guys had already talked to and obviously very familiar with, he had uh, made the transition over to the women's hockey and uh, Aaron's assistant job opened up and 
Uh, I applied for it, interviewed and, and really loved, you know, Elmira College and the tradition and the history and, and how serious they were about their hockey program at that point. Um, they'd gone to the NCAA tournament, I think it was four years in a row. And, uh, you know, Josh can kind of agree to this, you know, at the NCAA level, you know, you always want to make it to March. Um, and as a player, you know, I was never fortunate enough to get there. And when I was at Potsdam, never was as well. And just watching teams play in March and the excitement and, you know, the, the fans and the arenas. And it was just something that I had always kind of thought about in the back of my mind. And that was something that we always wanted to pursue. So came to Elmira, I was on the men's side uh, for four years with, with Aaron. And, and, you know, I was lucky enough for him to bring me here. And then, um, you know, Dean decided to move on and uh, a couple of things had, had happened here with the women's program. And um, the AD at the time, Pat Thompson thought it would be a good fit for me just to take over interim wise for the remainder of the year. And, um, you know, just really uh, fell in love with the quality of hockey and, and it's exciting. And it was fun just how talented of a group we, we had. And, a lot of that credit goes to Josh and Dean for bringing in those players and, uh, you know, have been here ever since and, and have had a lot of success. But again, it, it's just because of the quality people and, and the quality of talent that we have in our roster. But uh, it's an interesting background. And, and, you know, like you said, a little bit of the men's side and a little bit of the women's side. I still think I'm fairly new to the women's side and still, you know, getting an opportunity to meet people and, and learn something kind of every year. Yeah, Tim, I remember, uh, back when you were thinking about making the, the change to the women's side and, and we talked extensively about it and, and it, it was great for me in my experience uh, when I decided to get into coaching women's hockey. And uh, I think, you know, you, you've experienced a lot of the, the same feelings and really appreciate appreciating what, what type of athletes uh, these young women are. And uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Your, your senior group right now are, are all the girls that I had recruited and uh, it must be a real pleasure as, as they're having a heck of a season. Uh, you know, Maddie Evangelist, Maddie German, Katie Granado, who's having just a heck of a year, who's on pace probably to score about 35 goals right now. I think she's one or two uh, in the country in scoring, former Chicago Mission player. But it's got to be a, a fun time right now uh, being ranked number one in the country in, in the, the U.S. College Hockey Online poll and the D3 poll. Tell us a little bit about your senior group. Yeah, I mean, like you kind of touched base on, I mean, it, it makes it easier for Mandy and myself just with how good that class is, um, you know, especially on the women's side. Um, in college hockey in general, I mean, you win with your upperclassmen, right, um, more oftentimes than not. And, uh, you know, if you just look at that class and, and you know, the production that they've had their four years, I mean, if you look at it, we have three forwards that are capable of uh, eclipsing 100 points. I mean, Granado's already at that point. Um, and then if you look um, on the back end, you have you know, Meg Leahy and, and Kristen Shivers, who's an All-American um, her freshman year and has kind of really now settled into not just being an offensive defenseman, but a really good um, defenseman on both sides of the puck. And uh, Shannon Sorensky is another player for us who's just, she's incredible in big games. You know, that's really when she shines for us. But um, yeah, I mean, we, talked about it. I, it's when I was kind of considering making the, the switch over and, you know, obviously the success that Dean had had and how much he enjoyed it. And, and you too, it's, um, you know, it's a different game for sure. I, I think it's more pure of a game. You know, there's not as much as the physical component, you know, the neutral zone's a little bit more faster. There's more pace, there's more plays made. Um, you know, certainly the speed component's a little bit different, but uh, you know what I say all the time and, and, 
you know, if you look back at our, our games against ranked opponents or even our national championship last year, I mean, it's incredible hockey still, right? Regardless if it's D1, D3, men's, women's, I mean, at the end of the day, hockey is hockey. And, uh, you know, you kind of touch base on it. I mean, it makes it a lot more enjoyable when you have the talent that we have on our roster. Absolutely. And our topic today, we wanted to get more into, uh, you know, talking about the, the tournament and the NCA criteria and, and what it takes to, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the road to the final four and, you know, talking a little bit about that senior group, you're going to be relying on them. What does it take, uh, you know, t- to make the tournament? And if you could get into a little bit, you know, the criteria and, and how it's set up now and, and, you know, how does the selection process go to make the, the NCA tournament? Now, that's a, an open-ended question. I mean, I'm still learning it right now with everything that's changed for us um, in the last six months. So, um, you know, if you want to talk about us right now in general, and then I can I can talk maybe more of the broader picture. Um, you know, right now our conference does not get an at-large bid for winning our conference. We're we're still in the three-year phase. So next year will be the first year that we're our league champion will actually be an automatic qualifier. So for us, um, you know, we talk to the group all the time. It's about your body of work, um, regardless if, you know, you're, if you're playing somebody, a game in November, it's just as important as a game in February. And, and obviously the games against the Plattsburghs, against the Norwiches, you know, they, you know, certainly matter a little bit more than, than the other games. But at the same time, you know, our approach is we're playing a ranked opponent every weekend, um, you know, and, your record against ranked opponents helps you. Your strength of schedule helps you when, um, you know, Manny and I kind of sit down and talk about who we want to play and how we want to structure our schedule. You know, it's with our background and, and our, you know, tradition of success and our and our history within our program, you know, we want our group to be able to play tough competition. You know, so we're next year, we're going out to Lake Forest to play them in Eau Claire. Um, it'll be the first time that we've done that in our program's history. Uh, we're going out to Plattsburgh. You know, we always play in the Norwich tournament. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to get in the tournament, you know, you obviously want to have just a good body of work. And, and for us, we want to, you know, win the games against ranked opponents and then make sure that we bump our winning percentage up. And, um, you know, you want to have a, a winning record against ranked opponents and your strength of schedule is a big component. And then, you know, we have what's called, it's a pool B, um, which goes to leagues that don't have an automatic qualifier. So currently right now that's us in the WIAC. Um, so it'd be River Falls, Eau Claire, Stevens Point, um, Superior, um, and then all of the teams in our league, you know, Nazareth, Utica, um, Manhattanville. And then there's going to be three pool C bids that we bid for as, as well. And that's, um, you know, at large is where we would compete with maybe not the winner from the NESCAC or the MIAC is really strong this year. So let's say St. Thomas isn't able to win their league championship. You know, we would have to, you know, match up against them. So a lot goes into it. Um, but the best way I can describe it to you is it's a body of work process. And, you know, we talk about it with our group as soon as we have our first meeting in September, you know, this is our expectations. This is how we get in. You know, this is, what our body of work needs to be, you know, we have to get to 20 wins, you know, that's, that's the standard. That's the first box that we need to check. You know, we got to win our regular season championship. You know, we have to win our, our playoff championship. And if I think if we cross those three boxes, you know, more oftentimes than not, we put ourselves in a really good position to make the NCAA tournament. And now uh, this year will be the first year that we're using a pairwise system, which um, division one men and women's use that, system and it it takes the human element out of it um so what happens is it's just you know if you think of it it's a big excel sheet where they crunch numbers and 
Um, you know, your strength of schedule is part of it. Your opponent's winning percentage goes into it. Your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. So, you know, if Nazareth plays uh, a team, their winning percentage goes into it, you know, so we want to be their biggest fans regardless, you know, if they win or lose, you know, so it's, um, a little bit more um, complicated, but then also not complicated when you, you kind of don't have um, everybody likes this term, the smoke filled room um, in regards of just the human element deciding who gets in, who gets who's not in, um, you know, now um, might not necessarily help us or hurt us. But now reputation doesn't really matter. It's just whoever kind of falls in line in those 10 teams and the pairwise is going to get in. Um, so I think, you know, you want to be able to kind of be in the top four and, and currently we're third pair wise. So we'll have a home game as of today in March, but, uh, you know, anything can change. We just want to kind of worry about ourselves and let everything kind of fall as it goes after that. Um, you know, it's, we tell the group all the time, we want to control the controllables and, um, you know, we can't control, you know, how, how our opponents play against other people. It, it's just, you know, we want to continue the momentum we have. Um, I know it's, that's kind of a general answer for you guys, but, uh, you know, it's something that we're still learning the pairwise and I'm still kind of figuring out. Um, I do know it takes a, the human element about out of it. And that was a big thing that people wanted, um, you know, just last year and the men's side was really the, the driving factor, um, just based off kind of how things shook last year, um, with teams, maybe not necessarily getting in or, or, our teams getting in that, uh, you know, they felt that maybe shouldn't have. So now with the pairwise, it's a pretty crystal clear picture of who's in, who's out. And then after that, um, you know, the committee will decide who's ranked what in regards of like who's traveling to who, um, you know, how they structure the seatings. Tim, briefly, I want to move in a slightly different direction. We'll come back to more on the NCAA tournament and process in a second. I know you and Josh have a, a lot of expertise in that. But I want to ask you, historically, Elmira has been typically a top-ranked team. In fact, in the 20-plus years that I've been around, they're always near the top of the heap. So that must come with a lot of pressure for you to succeed. Constantly having to be ranked, what's it like coaching at a school where you're supposed to be near the top? Yeah, I mean, it's it's stressful at times. I mean, I remember my first game on the bench with them. Um, we were actually tied going into overtime and I was kind of standing there. I'm like, what is going on here? Like I, I thought, you know, we would win, you know, three, one, four, one. I'm like, I didn't think we'd have any adversity right from the start, you know, you, cause you kind of, um, you know, I was on the men's side, but you kind of just, the, the program has that stigma to it that where they just kind of roll through everybody. Um, but I mean, yes, sure. There's pressure. Um, there's expectations every year that we start, um, you know, we want to play March. Um, you know, this year we talk about the group, uh, you know, Hey, if we're not playing March 16th, then, you know, it's going to be a down year for us just based off our experience last year. So there's a lot of pressure that goes into it, but it's also kind of, and, and Josh can probably touch base on this. It's just what's expected. So you're almost kind of used to it, you know, and, you know, when you're recruiting kids, you tell them, Hey, this is how it's going to, go for us you know this is our expectation and this is what your commitment level needs to be and and this is our standard and you know you're going to be challenged and you know if you know academics and hockey is not a priority for you if, if you want to go to school where the social experience is a little bit more important than the other two then usually we're not a good fit for them because I mean there's we want to compete for a national championship every year um, you know and and just getting there last year uh, I say all the time it's 
it's almost like, uh, and I'm sure Josh can kind of talk about this. You, you get it, it addicted to that feeling like that rush, um, you know, and, uh, you know, for me, it's, and our group, you know, we, we got to get back there, you know, and, and, and certainly there's a lot of pressure to that. I mean, you feel it in October. Um, it's, it's probably more intense then than it was now, you know, just cause I think we're really playing well and we got a good thing going, but, uh, yeah, there's certainly a lot of things that go into it. And, uh, you know, there's ex- expectation throughout our administration, our athletic department. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate enough to kind of hold ourselves to that standard, you know, since I took over and a lot of the majority of the credit just goes to the group that we have. Um, you know, I, I say all the time, you, you're only as good as a coach of the talent you have walking off that bus, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, we've got a really talented group and uh, you know, we're very fortunate enough to kind of get on the ice with them every day, but there's, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, expectations that go into it, but we've been fortunate enough to kind of hold that standard so far. That's right, Tim. I, yeah. I remember having those same expectations and feeling that pressure when I was coaching there with Dean and, and you've done one heck of a job uh, since you stepped in and it's just uh you know, it's been amazing to follow you as, you know, we, we stay in close contact and I follow along and watch the games on the internet and, and uh, you're doing a great job there. And, it, and it's great to see someone like you come in and, and take over and, and keep up with the success of the program. But uh, I wanted to get back to the, to the tournament. I remember uh, my last year coaching there with Dean, we, we, we lost in the national championship game to Plattsburgh at Plattsburgh. And I remember home ice being uh you know, a, a big deal. We actually beat Plattsburgh twice during the regular season in, yeah, in Platty. Yeah. And then uh, we, we had home ice for the conference championship, which we lost. And talking about that human element, according yeah. to the criteria at that time, it looked like we should have uh, had home ice to, uh, to host the final four and, and then the national championship. But uh, the committee and for whatever reason had other ideas and we ended up going to Platy and, and losing a heartbreaker. But, you know, how much do you think home ice plays, uh, you know, an advantage and, and how big of a deal is, is home ice uh, when, when it comes to tournament time? Because the way it's kind of set up now is you could have a first rounder uh, on your home rink and then, you know, and you can actually host the final four, which I think is a, a huge advantage. And, should should that be the way it is, or should it maybe be a, a predetermined site every year? What's what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean that's that's a hot topic. I mean, I, I remember you guys going through that. I mean, we were kind of we went through that last year. You know, when they had Norwich seated one, um, Platy seated two, and and uh, us three. When it was kind of um, and talking to the committee, it, it was such a minimal difference between the three of us that you know, some had us first, some had, you know, Platy first. It was just kind of Norwich, you know, was able to kind of distance himself. I mean, at the end of the day, it was just a difference between them having one loss and more ties and us having one more loss and less ties. I mean, that was really the difference between them having it and us not. Um, And uh, it's just, it's such a huge, uh, incredible advantage to host. Um, You know, when we, the difference in just my two years doing it um, when we went to Adrian compared to them coming to us, it's such a home ice advantage. I mean, we had a thousand people here last March when we hosted uh, an NCAA tournament game. I mean, you were here, Josh, the place was unbelievable. I mean, when we scored, you couldn't hear anything. Um, And just for, for our group to have that experience and 
for Adrian, that was the first time that they had been to our building and for them to experience that. I mean, I think they were shook right to begin with. I mean, they were off their game. It was kind of a sloppy period. And then, you know, as it progressed, I mean, I thought you know, we took over a little bit and then, um, you know, compared to us going to Adrian, you know, they were, they were confident, they were comfortable, you know, they, they were home on Friday, you know, they didn't have to travel on the bus. So I just think it's a huge advantage. And, you know, going to Norwich, um, when we played Plattsburgh in the semifinals, I, mean, I didn't think it was advantage either way. You know, we had our fans there, they had theirs and um, the national championship game. I mean, there wasn't an open seat um, and the place was so loud, um, probably, probably the loudest place that I've ever coached or end or played at. Um, you know, when they scored in the, in the second, and then even when they scored their game winner, I, I tried to take a timeout and the, the group couldn't even hear me. Um, you know, that's how loud it was. I mean, it was fun for me. Um, you know, I, I've only talked to a couple of our group about it. Um, to be honest with you, it's still kind of tough for me to talk about that game. I haven't watched that third period. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's better than a predetermined site. I don't know how many fans we would get. Um, for us at the women's level and, and being division three, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are for D one at the predetermined sites, but um, you know, I know for our group, they can look back at it and say, Hey, we played in front of 1500 people, um, you know, and the place was packed and it was a fun experience. You know, all the teams were there. We have the banquet. Um, so it's a little bit different, but um, it's a huge advantage. Um, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, we want to be home again just so we can have that home ice advantage. And the final four um, right now, you know, we're in the thick of it. Uh, I think we've put ourselves in a good spot. Um, you know, certainly need a Western team to maybe drop one, potentially two, and, and then maybe the team up north that's white and red, uh, depend, potentially just tie a game. That would be really crucial for us. But, uh, you know, whether it happens or not, I mean, again, we just got to worry about what we can tr- control and then just let kind of the the chips fall after that. Tim, that's amazing stuff and information. Really appreciate it. I know over here, we're constantly asked about Division Three hockey and your perspective on it is really amazing. Thanks so much for, for giving us that insight. And just, we only have about a minute or so left. So in the next minute, minute and a half, if you could tell us a little bit about the UCHC, the United Collegiate Hockey Conference, in which Elmira plays. Give us a little bit about your conference, teams, schools, geography, etc. Educate a little bit of the parents that we deal with, please. Yeah, absolutely. So the UCHC is a newer conference. Um, it's all Pennsylvania schools and then Southern New York schools. So there's Nazareth, Utica, um, Chatham, Manhattanville, William Smith. So it's all private school education um, programs. Um, it's a two-year, this is year two going into our conferences um, background. Next year will be year three. Um, you know, we're a very strong conference. I, I think the upper end of our conference is very strong teams. And uh, the the new program, Nazareth, coming in has helped our, our conference a lot. And, uh, you know, certainly when you come and play in our conference, you know, you're getting a good education first and foremost, and then getting a good, a good hockey experience after that. Um, you know, fairly new conference, uh, much like some of the other conferences, you know, the, the Plattsburghs are, are now kind of developing their own new conference as well. But uh, private school education, um, you know, and like I said, all Southern tier New York and, and Pennsylvania schools. 
Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, we really appreciate your time and, and having you on today. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh, Timmy, we'll talk soon. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll be keeping tabs on you. Uh, stay warm and, and good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Rush Hockey Talk, the place to be to get informed about youth hockey. Rush Hockey Talk, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Yeah.